Everybody, Will here with this week's interview chair. So sit back and relax and listen to Mr. Philip Booth. Hi, everybody. Will here with this week's interview. And guess who it is? It's uh, my dear friend, Philip Booth. I've known Phil forever. How you doing, Phil? Doing well, Will. How you doing this morning? Good to see you, man. Look how relaxed you look. Retirement done you well. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, a lot of calm, a lot of difference. That's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. I know. Calm, calm is good. It's good for us. You know. And yeah, stress, it's, stress after, our, after the lives that we've led over the years, uh, Calming down is good for you. Oh, exactly. You know, and then you, and then you, you see the, the the things going on around you. Think, oh my god, how did I do that? I remember going to a show and, and setting up with Adam. I just had my Irish setter with me, and they put like thirty dogs in the X pens. Right. I felt like throwing up. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. At the time when you're doing it, it's just fun and normal. And then oh, exactly. take a step back and whoo. I'm telling you, anxiety kicks in. Right. Oh, right, right. So we're gonna uh we're gonna find out all about Mr. Booth today. Tell okay. me how did you get started in this wonderful world of dogs, Philip? Well, that's a that's a good story. Um it I like good stories. Thirty, I guess it was nineteen eighty-four. So that must be what thirty-six, seven years ago. Um, I was watching Westminster on television. Yeah. Um, I was born and raised in the metropolitan Detroit area. Uh, at that time, re- recently married, and uh, we were watching Westminster Kennel Club on TV, and which uh, obviously would have been Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And um, saw the sporting group and saw Gordon Setter in the group. And I thought, wow, that's really a pretty dog. And we had talked about getting a dog. We were about to have a family. First son was about to be born. And uh, so we talked about a dog. And uh, anyway, long story short, Detroit News came out the next Sunday. I looked in the classifieds. Gordon Setter's. Oh, cool. So I drove out about an hour away from me to this lady's house. Um her name was Linda Houston. I'll never forget her name. And uh, she had a litter of puppies. At the time, she was breeding with, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, D. Franzak was her name at the time. I think it was, it's Veda now, maybe. She had Shojean Kennels. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember that one, name. Once, yeah. once I got into it a little bit, you know, uh, Pam Shar showed dogs for her setters. You would know Pam, obviously. Oh, for sure. Um, so she was... She wasn't very super well-known or, or had uh, a lot of history, but the people affiliated with her or her mentors did. Anyway, I go out there, going to buy a companion dog. At the time, it was still called a pet, not a companion, you know. Um, and uh, I was looking, and she had the dogs, and, and I knew nothing about purebred dogs, nothing about dog shows. Never been to a dog show in my life, never saw one, never nothing. So she had these dogs and two separate X-Pens, um, three or four over here and four or five over here. And, and uh, she said, here, these dogs are the dogs that are available for pets or whatever. And uh, and I said, okay. And she said, you can pick. I said, she said, uh, um, I'm just now starting to place these dogs with people. So you, you can pick whichever one you want. And I wanted a female, I thought, and I did. Um, but then this other group of dogs over here in this other pen, these other three or four, they were active and kind of, not that these weren't, but 
I just kept getting drawn back to this other pen. And I said, well, what if I want this one? What about, what if I wanted this? Oh, that's one of my show dogs. I said, I said oh, and I'm thinking, show dog, what's that? I seriously didn't know, right? So uh, I'm thinking, uh, oh, okay. So, and as the time went on and we talked and she's a lovely lady and I just kept going back to that bitch over in this other pen that she called show dog. And I said, I finally said, and in the back of my mind, and this is kind of, I don't know, but it's true. This is a true story. I'm kind of thinking, okay, lady, I just drove an hour from Pleasant Ridge, Michigan to get out here to Highland and, and buy a dog. I'm going to buy my dog and I'm going to go. And what are you going to do? Chase me down for this dog, <laughs> right? I mean, I had no knowledge of finishing, nothing, right? So I'm thinking in my head, well, I'm just going to buy this dog and take it home like you would from, you know, the grocery store <laughs> or something when you buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, a long, long story, tried to make shorter. Uh, she agreed to sell me this show dog on a co-ownership with her. And I knew nothing about that at the time. And um, she was a lovely lady, lovely, lovely lady. So fast forward, had the puppy. She's calling, checking on the puppy. I'm asking questions. And I did some research. You know, there was no internet then and no, nothing like that. But I started asking some questions about people that, that she had referred me to. And she said, well, you know, we're going to have to hire a handler to finish the dog. I said, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, at the time, I was still working for my dad in the automotive industry and yeah. race cars and stuff. And I said, okay, cool. You know, we'll hire whatever it needs. And uh, she said, but if you want to, uh, when she gets old enough, you can take her to some handling classes. And I'm thinking, handling classes what what's that you know so anyway got a relationship with the lady drove out there she taught me a little bit about trimming and maintenance you know to keep them straight and then when when the bitch got old enough i went to my first handling class and my first handling class was at uh what did they call that place i don't remember the name of the place sportsman's maybe or something like that but the, the best part of the story is the lady running the class was Debbie Zink or Marie Zink, the Dalmatian lady who 25 years later, I'm putting best in shows on a Dalmatian that she bred. Oh, she did a good job teaching you how to handle it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now she's reaping the benefits. Right, right, right. Over here. Yeah, either that or that damn guy that I trained, you know, now <laughs> No, but that that's how all that started. It was wow, just that's cool. by accident, took it home, watched it on TV, and, uh, you know, went from there. Uh, like I said, I never had uh, any affiliation with shows, juniors, or any working or anything. Um, and uh, But my father, through drag racing, had taught me that, um, and I don't didn't end up following this rule very closely as I my career continued, but he taught me that you learn more with your mouth shut and your eyes open than you do. <laughs> so when I started going to shows and stuff, um, I, I I just sat and watched. I mean, I think it was different back then. Will you? We didn't just go to the show and leave after. No, you're right. Dessert winners, bitch, or something. You sat around and watched it, and and yeah. I find myself very, very just like you. We're similar age. Of the people that we got to, in my case, I didn't get to work for, but I got to watch at their craft and i think mm -hmm. those were in in the the eight, late 80s 90s i think those were some of the best i mean that doesn't oh, di that, uh, yeah. diminish you know we don't diminish what we have now but but that was i mean it, when i went to shows in the michigan area i got to sit and watch um tom glassford george ward 
you know, uh, Kenny Murray in the Midwest, you know, uh, uh, Dick Cooper. I mean, you know, all these people that yeah. that we both know were, were at the top of their craft. Rock you know? stars in our eyes. Yeah, yeah, stars, yeah, you know? yeah. So uh, that, that's how I got started. And then I developed, um, I, I like competition. Anybody that knows me really well. And uh, <laughs> my wife will even say that if I could put engines on baby strollers, I'd be racing my grandchildren around <laughs> like the competition a little bit. So anyway, um, I enjoyed the competition of dog shows. It was a big learning curve for me. Um, growing up in a sport like uh, NHRA drag racing, that is a very um, well-defined win or lose. Okay. If you follow the rules, if you work hard, if your car makes the most power, and things don't break, you get to the finish line for it, you win. Right. It was, it was, um, it wasn't subjective. Right. It wasn't like, uh, you know, and, and I, when I talk about things, I, I'm not always the most finessed in words, <laughs> kind of, I, I'm, I'm more of a very black and white person. Um, I, at least I think I am. And, uh, you know, it, you have to get into your head that it is just an opinion. You know, you're, you're asking for someone's opinion and, and you're going to get it. You may not agree with it or like it, but it is just a, there are no absolutes, you know, and in, in, no, in if there were, we could just punch you in the computer and see who wins. So, right. Your virtual show. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So that that was a that was a, a, a lesson that I had to learn, you know, because you you it's like I said, it's it's like the, you know, back in the day, gymnastics, the Russian judge is never going to give the American a 10. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that doesn't really make them wrong, you know. They're, they're, right. they're, they're, it's just, yeah. it's just, that's just how. That's it why is. I often refer to this as canine figure skating. Exactly, exactly, yeah. right. And the only thing we can't do on ice is, you know, fight like your beloved hockey players. <laughs> yeah, most of the time, dog shows are a non-contact sport. Yeah, right. most right. of the time, most of the time, <laughs> we've all had a moment or two, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you 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 got your Gordon Center now. And did, who did you hire? Did you or did you just go right at it yourself after handling classes? I ended up going right after it myself. Um, the bitch was was pretty. Um, you know, I, I one of my first dog shows was uh, it's things. You know how things go; they go full circle. One yeah. of my first ever dog shows, indoor dog shows, was uh, Detroit Kennel Club. Oh wow, good now way to I'm step a in. Member. Right now, I'm a member, and you know, and it was a it was a a major back in when Detroit had the tournament of champions with I'm still. Oh. It was, you know, you guys came, Canadians would come big big yeah. day, and uh, a five thousand dog dog show sometimes. Yeah, right, exactly, and uh, that was one of my first indoor events. I had my bitch entered in the American bred class, uh, and I won a major uh, from the American bred. So I was hooked. You know what's oh, what's yeah. the deal. You know, what's, what's so tough about this, right? Yeah, it's nothing to this. <laughs> Where, where's the challenge, right? <laughs> no, but that, 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 that you know, that, that hooked me pretty good there. And uh, I went from there to um, uh, showing some dogs for other people. You know, I still, again, still working for my dad, so I couldn't be gone a lot. Um, and I, I got some experience being the fact that I had to go to work and work with my dad, I would usually set up with, once I got to know them over the years, I'd set up with people in the local area, uh, you know, because I had my one little dog. And uh, I befriended Tom and Andrea Glassford pretty good and would set up with them quite a bit. 
and uh, learned a lot, you know, oh, I'm uh, sure. learned, yeah. learned a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously Tommy and George were very good friends. So got thrown into that. And you, George was George, you know, <laughs> with his record and his, his uh, love of dogs. But it was, uh, it was um, looking back on it now of all the people um, that I could have been affiliated with in my area. I'm, I'm quite honored to have had experience with them because they like them, don't like them personalities, you know, me, those two men love dogs. Yeah. Hey, in this case, and, that was the, that was the heyday of that, those areas, dog shows, having right. George and Tommy and, and Dick show up and, and, Brian still, Brian yeah. still in the mix there too, you know, yeah. um, it was, uh, and I'm sure we're missing somebody, but it, it was it was very fortunate. It's like anybody, you know, if you grew up on the East Coast, you had Peter and, and that crew and Bobby Fisher, and you know, you had the, the Hollow, the Roy Holloway, you know. So you you no matter where you were, there was always a core group of people. Right. They didn't travel back then like we not like we, they do today. It was more right, localized, and you right, had right, your area. Right. I remember right, stories so, about George. George didn't care if you came into his area to make a living with ten dogs. You showed up with one dog, he 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 you know, he'd get upset because you're not <laughs> you're not just gonna come in and try to steal Michigan's points. Exactly. So. Especially the terror group, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that that's uh you, you go back and think about things that happen and and it jumps periods of years. Um but uh I, I I think that, uh, you know, you, you end up sounding like your father or your grandfather. Oh, those days, you know, I remember. Oh, yeah. Not like they but used to A lot to of it's true. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> Back in the my old, day. No. Right. The older I get, the more, I, the smarter my father is. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure how to take that. But uh, I know. Until we so start we wearing with, the socks and stuff. <laughs> exactly. So we started with the Gordon Setters. Um bred a litter on that bitch and 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 finished a couple and then like i said i i ended up some local people had dogs that uh that i started showing and helping out with and uh, um campaigned a gordon setter named mike um was the first dog uh i did some winning with i, I you know what it, it's bad because sometimes my years don't what came first the chicken or the egg kind of thing you I know, know. Yeah. i believe I mean, I, I had I had traveled and befriended some people and helped show some dogs and and won a couple of groups and and with other people's dogs. But my first, excuse me, my first best in show uh, was an Irish Setter um, in Michigan, and it was uh, what was that? No, Shay? What was it? Shady View. Shay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 1995. That was my first best in show at the. At, uh, I remember was, that dog, Megan. Yeah. Megan won the dog. Megan Veen, yes, yeah. yeah, Shady View lady, and uh, I'll never to this. The dogs, it's so funny because, and I'm sure you're the same way. Sometimes you look at these dogs from 25 and 30 years ago, and you kind of think, uh, "That's not really what I like right now." <laughs> or at well, the everything time, evolves, right? You look yeah, at some well, past winners, you think. Oh my, but everything yeah. evolves. It's, it's, yeah. it's a generational and, and, thing. So right. And I think our our appreciation for certain things or our priorities may change, you know, and what's important in a oh, brief. For sure. For you sure. know, and uh 
Like I look at the best in show picture of that dog and I'm thinking, oh, okay. You know, a lovely dog, lots of, but, but, and even, even dogs, even other dogs that, that through my career that I did some winning with, um, uh, probably the, the Mr. Debonair dog, Kevin, you know, um, uh, several best in shows and, 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 uh, was very competitive at the specialty level also, um, people would, would have a, a, a critique of him. And, and at the time, I don't know if I didn't see it, didn't want to believe it, but my point of this is, is, is all these dogs, when they end up retiring or, or be, stop being shown, and you, you really open your mind and you take a step back and you look, you think, well, you know, they might have been right. I mean, if it's somebody that has some experience or, you know, yeah, that one's eyes, that isn't the most attractive thing on the dog. And, oh, and- for sure. Like, like like that dog I showed, Impresario, was like 87. The dog over my shoulder, the iris there, the big portrait. Yeah, yeah. He was a lovely dog. Right. I wish I could have had him now when I knew more about the breed than I did then. Oh, I was a kid, you know? I think about that all the time. Even even when I was, even in the midst of, of the Wirehair Pointer Dog's career, uh, Back in 2012, I, w- I was thinking at one point somewhere, some play time at some show, I'm thinking, boy, I wish I had my Irish setter bitch now. You know, not not demeaning the wire pointer dog, but knowing yeah. what I know now and, and having met the people through the sport that have passions for dogs and want to support dogs. Had I had a little bit then with that one, that one, because she did well on her own, yeah. you know. Very well everything changes. We've evolved in our, our 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 talent, our trimming, everything. You know, yeah. So yeah. it's amazing what these dogs did for us with us not knowing much. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Modeled through, and and that just that that tells me, you know, those were some pretty good dogs. Uh, not that there's not good dogs now. I, I but I try. I'm rambling on here, but that's good. I like rambling. <laughs> rambling. Rambling. Man. Rambling. rambling I I, I pr- approach this stuff now that I've retired and I'm contemplating applying to do some judging and stuff, I don't want to do a bad job. I don't want to do, nobody does, but I, I don't want to, I find that, that, uh, that there's a lot of negative, not just fault judging, but even, even the perception of, of what's going on sometimes between judges and exhibitors and, and that, oh, for sure. you know, I, I think that, that people need to be a little more open-minded um, when you, when you, when you talk about dogs and, and, and approach it from a much more positive attribute based opinion than what's wrong with the dog. Right. That's you know so I mean? easy to pick out what's wrong with dogs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And let's face it, familiarity breeds contempt. So when you're in the same area with a dog that just keeps biting your ass or beating your ass, and you're, you you start picking on what's wrong with that dog. If that dog right. just showed up out of the blue, you'd probably go, oh, that's a nice dog. Right. <laughs> or if it was in your truck, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, on the truck. It's a magic truck. So as soon as it gets in the truck, exactly. it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Those rotten professional handlers, as soon as we start sending an invoice for it, it's the best one ever. That's right. <laughs> they, well, they come up the back ramp. They leave the side door. They're just the best dogs. Oh, can we joke about that? But it, it is pretty funny. It is and, pretty. Well, funny. you know, you have to get behind your uh, your charges. So yeah, I mean, if you're if, if if someone's paying me to campaign a dog, okay, I can do my very best for that dog. 
without, you know, if, if I'm not, why, why bother? Why, why, if you're not going to give them, exactly. you're going to take their, take their money and show their dog. You have to have some belief in that dog. Right. Right. You know? Right. And as, as your, as careers change and, 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 and things change, you know, you get, we all get to the point where, where we don't always take every dog we're offered. Right. And I, and I think that's a very, um, legitimate thing a lot of people i'm sure you've had clients say well what do you mean you don't you know we all have um and and that's not necessarily to to you're you're too good or you're better than it's just you're giving your professional opinion you know it's no it's i find it no different than other professions whether it's lawyers doctors anything You're, you're hiring me for my expertise or my abilities and if you if you don't agree with that then get another opinion or and and we, we as handlers can't be mad if if, if the, the the relationships don't click or the dog doesn't click or whatever you know. But. Sometimes the fit isn't right. It just you know and yeah. It's it's like I hate in that sport analogy, but it's like a player needs to leave Detroit and come to Toronto for a new fresh breath, you know, to right. start again. You know? Right. Sometimes change of scenery makes all the difference yeah. in the world. And areas too. Let's face right. it. There's some areas where the strength is a little different in certain groups. And right. sometimes that dog needs to be in that area. Right. Right. And that doesn't really, that doesn't really change the quality of the dog. It's just no. the, what's going on around it. Yeah. But back to what I, what I would like to touch <laughs> yeah, on. Kind of ventured <laughs> off, which but, is fine. Uh, I like it. Yeah, back to, back to growing up in the sport and people, and, and ways, um, I, I really, really believe that um, you can learn a lot just by watching. No, oh. just by sticking around. And, and well, there's uh, no question. Like I, 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 I would, I would run for my parents. They couldn't find me, so I could stay and watch <laughs> things. Exactly. You know, they'd exactly. be looking all over because they want to go because they lost our setters. But I wanted to watch the sporting group, or I wanted to watch Bouviers, or I wanted to right. watch. No. Yeah. Now that uh, the sport has, uh, I mean, I, I jokingly talk about my, my parents and, you know, I, I went to college and a couple of hours short of a mechanical engineering degree. And I'm sure when I first started showing dogs, I'm sure they were so very proud, you know, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll never forget. I, I'll never get, we were, I just purchased uh, the boarding kennel there in Michigan, the Maywell from Judy Russell. Yeah, I remember started doing the the commercial kennel thing and uh and i went to shows and my i was visiting with my dad for some holiday or something and he said maybe you are making a living i got a car i don't know something had happened you know and and i, I had a little bit of money and, and uh he said maybe that thing is a real job maybe you really are doing <laughs> you know because it was just nobody it, it's just another thing that unless you're involved like the day i drove to highland michigan to pick up that puppy I had no idea about AKC purebred dogs or all breed dog shows. Zero. Yeah. And then, you know, 37 years now, but in the period, I mean, my career really started heavy, heavy, full time, like in 2098 ish, maybe, I guess, 99 with the kennel. Then I moved, uh, got rid of the boarding kennel and moved out in a rural area in Michigan and um, started. Uh, uh, career there um, with my ex-wife, and uh, um, we had a great run. I mean, it, it was did, great, yeah. great, great yeah. career. Um, could not have done any of that stuff. One person couldn't do that. 
you know, managed careers like that and stuff. But uh, it was, uh, um, you meet so many, and I'm bouncing from topic to topic. I forget where I'm going. But uh, the people that, that, that showing dogs from driving to that lady's house to sitting here today, 37 years later, having made a living, put my kids through college, you know, um, had a career, successful career, who would have thought? Oh, you exactly. Know? And, and our sport of dogs, you 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 can meet people every aspect of life, as you well know, you know. And uh, I uh, I was very fortunate to uh, to have some great people in my life then and now, still to this day, judges, clients, you know. And everybody does something different, you know. Yeah. So. Oh, it's it's an amazing world that we've we've been invited to, you know. Right. Right, right, right. So you, you, uh, you, you won best in show with the 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 Irish Setter dog. Um, that was your first best in show, Megan's Irish Setter dog, Shay. What was your next big dog after Shay? What what dog do you think really decided that I'm going to stay doing this? I like doing this. Uh, well, there was a Gordon Setter dog owned by a lady named Kathy Rezepka. Um, uh, of scimitar kennels her and her husband at the time had that prefix um and she had a dog that uh uh she liked showing herself but ended up being a pretty good sized dog and a little much for her and i showed that dog and that dog won quite a bit never won a best in show on it he was i believe he was number one gordon setter uh one year or so um i'd have to go back and look um but that was the first dog that um that i really had a client had a goal i thought i turned that up um had a goal you know um and wanted to achieve it you know with for the client so that was the first he won quite a bit um but uh, what was his name uh mike scimitar is ultimate danger <laughs> for some reason i think i remember that dog uh, so. he, he was he he uh he did a little bit of winning in the area you know he he upset the apple cart a couple of times i think uh probably one of the one of the biggest things was we were at the monroe kennel club i think it was monroe then it might have been ann arbor one of those shows at the fairgrounds that, and uh michael faulkner had uh that um that you cute get out that Right, right. Golden bitch, yeah. Beautiful golden shit winning all the time. And uh, Virginia Hampton, if you remember that, was doing the sporting group. And and I won that group. And it, it might have been one of the first groups I won in the dub. But in the lineup and in the competition, you know, I it, it was to a point where I didn't know what I know now, but I, I was starting to learn, you yeah. know, that where the puzzle pieces fit and, you know, and all that stuff, and uh, and I'll never forget when that group and Michael like, what, like, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, but like you, like you, we we've all won some where it was a shock, and we've lost some where it was a shock. But oh yeah, yeah, they tend to balance out. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then from that dog, um, the first dog that I had, that uh, obviously all my stuff, sporting dog in the beginning. Um, the, the first dog that I had that really won and uh, won best in shows and, and was, a, was a top 10 sporting dog and everything, uh, a, co- a consistent career, was uh, the Irish setter, Mr. Debonair, Kevin. Yeah. Um, that dog actually came to me 
kind of by accident, um, Kenny Murray was showing that the bit of gold Kirby Titan treasure dog. Yeah. It was kind of at the, at the later stages of that dog's career. And, uh, Leslie Russell, the Avon farm lady from Oregon, I'm not sure how Kenny got hooked up with that or not, but, but Kenny had the Irish setter dog. And also, and I showed, he was in Michigan. I covered a dog for him in a group because he was winning with Kirby still. And it was a nice dog. Fast forward, they decided to keep Kirby out. And somewhere I was where I showed that dog, uh, Rick Shashudian saw the dog and said, kid, that's a real, you know, kid, hey, kid. That's a, that's a beautiful Irish setter. I said, well, it's not mine. It's Kenny. He said, well, you need to get that one. That dog looks really good for you. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still never really had, like uh, I had a, my clients were all local based, you know, mm-hmm. just showing local. I never really branched out to have have uh, have a client that I was going to do some traveling for and everything. And uh, uh, the dog ended up going back to Leslie because Kenny ended up keeping the, the Kirby dog out another year. And uh, I got a phone call. I don't know. One day sitting at the kennel uh, and it was from Leslie Russell uh, about was I interested in showing this dog? And I said, I've never done that. I'd never. I said, well, what do you mean? You know, she goes, well, I got a phone call from Rick saying that I should see if I'm going to do what I want to know what I'm going to do with the dog. And if I did it in the dog, I should send it to this young kid in Michigan. It's just getting started. And long story short, I ended up getting the dog, um, did a little bit with him. Um, at the time, uh, a guy named Jeff Wallace was owning dog Springers with Andrea Glassford. And uh, and showing some dogs with Andrea and Tom, and uh, he loved the breed. His partner loved Irish Setters, loved the breed. So it all just kind of fell into place. He ended up owning the dog, and uh, and Kevin did. Kevin did very well. I think he ended up with I don't know, eighteen or twenty best in shows. And well, he was a lovely dog, Kevin. He is a fun dog. But yeah. there's two things that, that that in my career, the bucket list that I, that I've never done. And when I tell people, it's like, huh, never won an Irish Setter National. All my all the Irish setters I've ever had never yeah. won an Irish setter national and never won a Gordon setter national. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had neither until later. I'd, I'd almost almost on the verge of retirement before I did those things. So. <laughs> there you go. It was the same thing. It was like, oh my god! I kept going award of merit, award of merit. Best right. of I'd win the I'd win the host specialty and you know right. win, lose the national. Exactly. <laughs> but, Exactly. So anyway, that was uh it's not over yet, Philip. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I'm doing these legatos and Labradors, maybe maybe my days um <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's uh it's it was a lot those dogs were good dogs and and a lot of fun. Yeah. That that Irish setter dog progressed into um the first wire pointer dog I showed uh, for and the dog's name was Lark Spurs Darkwing Tie Dye. I know that dog too. Yeah, she was uh she was funny and, and Jeff had was owning yeah. this, this is a good story. Jeff was owning um Kevin. I already said it. We're in Canfield. And you obviously know Canfield hot and we're all parked and Tom and everybody and Jeff comes in to watch the Springer and there's there. And I I told him a few weeks before, I said, Hey, I got this dog. He said, What do you want to do next year? And I said, Well, I got this dog uh from this breeder lady here in Michigan, wire her pointer bitch. She was uh winner's bitch at the national and uh and Mrs. Clark put her up and blah, blah, blah. I said, it's a good dog. Okay. Well, I, he said, can you get the bitch and have her in Canfield? We'll take a look at it. And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, sure. And I knew nothing other than what I'm talking about now. So I get the bitch from Gina, Ty, and she's a little, 
purebred, wire wire. <laughs> like if, if somebody slammed a door in Los Angeles, she'd hit the deck in Columbus. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, she was very attuned. <laughs> she, was, she was a bit of a challenge. So we're, we're in the dog show, and Jeff shows up on Friday or something, and we finish the dog show, and and I said, oh, let's see this, let's see this uh, uh, wire pointer. I said, okay. So I go into my truck and, and I, I get her and she's acting a goof, you know, just a goof. So I come down the stairs to my truck and and she's, you know, looking around and get, get a little bit crazy. And and she gets to the bottom of the stairs and just like sprawls out, like, you know, like this. <laughs> and he just looks at me, he just looks at me and he said, he says, You want me to spend money on that? And I said, Yeah. He said, Okay, put her away. <laughs> <laughs> that was it and she ended up i mean she had just never been anywhere and just right, needed, yeah you know just needed some time and some comfort and you know get going from her home where she was born and raised and you know showed very little gina finished her at specialties only so she probably hadn't been to 10 dog shows in her life right so it but it was funny he said you want me to to spend on that and i said yeah he said and he, okay put her away let's go to dinner <laughs> And she ended up doing well. She, she did do well. She was a lot, she was a good bitch, no questions. Yeah, it was fun. But uh, so that was that aspect. And then, um, what happened next? Oh, probably uh, branched out, and uh, you know, I, I showed some dogs for some really great people. Um, uh, a lady named Marianne Reeder had Weimaraners in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, her handlers were. Uh, Jim Berger Sr. and then Jimmy Berger after Jim uh, retired. So she approached me. I started showing some wine runners for her. Um, I had uh, been in a, in a relationship and a partnership with Lisa Arnett, and we had cocker. She had a lot of cocker spaniels you know, from Nancy Gallant and uh, and some of those people. So at the time of of some of these other dogs, we were you know involved in other breeds as well. So um, it. Uh, it went full circle, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Just experience learning as you go, you know. And then and showing those dogs in, in, in Michigan area to those times. Again, we talked about, you know, George and Tommy and whatnot. I bet you had some pretty good times with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some yeah, some great times. Played a lot of golf. Um and uh had some dinner, some of which we can discuss and some we probably can't. But uh, one, <laughs> one one dinner does That's come. That's why to, I brought it up. <laughs> one one dinner does come to mind. We were we were I don't know probably Ohio because that's typically where we all ended up at some point or another at shows. And it was myself and Brian Still, um, Tom, George, and then Sid Rimley who was uh, Tuckaway Dalmatians. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, we're all sitting there for, for I don't know why like. Uh, None of the female companions of of any of us were at this dinner. I, I really don't know. Maybe we had just played golf. Probably we had just got done playing golf. Like went to have dinner. So we're sitting around and uh, did George uh, win? Well, jo- George, rest his soul. George sometimes he couldn't count past five. He had a hard time. Or <laughs> <laughs> he rearranged the team so they yeah don't yeah he, he he had some the the, the uh, it, it's like everything else. There were rules. And there were guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the guidelines were a little gray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but uh, we, we were all at dinner and and the top, some th- topics came up about relationships. And uh, I don't know who said it, 
but it wasn't me. Uh, well, fellas, if we had to, we could field a professional sports team, offense or defense in the NFL with some of our past relationships. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Listening. Exactly. Here I am, the young guy, you know, yeah, I'm married and was divorced once, got some kids, but geez, oh, Pete, am I going to be like that? You know, but come to find out maybe closer than I thought. <laughs> But it's okay. And that, that, you know what, though, Will? That brings up, on a serious note, that brings up another area in in, in the sport or in, and even in life and relationship. Changing that path, like that you or I and all the people in our path, whether it was clients, dogs, judges, friends, partners, you change one piece of that, and you don't end up in the same place right. you are. Right. You know, we all have or I shouldn't say we I, I have things I wish I had done differently or 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 at a different time. But there's a there. When you take enough time and we talked about retiring and taking a step back to look at the quality of the dogs you showed or the past, you also give give yourself time to to uh, to step back and look at your life and and um, every aspect of it has a good. Well, it's so easy to, to, to be negative or, oh, that was horrible. You know, that that's not that's not healthy and that's not it's not minimizing anything either. It's just that's just your path, you know, and that's why you are who you are, where you are today. And, well, uh, thing, things come from your past that you never want to give up. Like, like, let's face it, like, I, I, you know, I, I've I have two boys, two sons. Right. I have three, really, including Adam. I wouldn't have any of them if I hadn't been in dogs. Right. And they're the pride of my life, you know. Right. So, same yeah. with same with me. I mean, I have I have th- three grandchildren, three grandsons from my my boys. Um, Heidi's daughter has two boys and just had a baby girl about a month ago. And uh, you know, that stuff there is um, is uh, is what's really. And I don't want to be the ba- important or anything, but, but that's just that's the foundation of a lot of stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you. For me, I have a lot of issues, and, and and I'm not super happy that when we're doing what we're doing and traveling, it was no different than my father and myself when he was racing every weekend and gone. You miss a lot, right? You, you miss a lot, and, and uh, you know you have to you have to realize uh, what you're missing and uh, and try and prioritize that. And then that I guess if I said I wish something was different, I wish I wouldn't have missed so much, but. You know, right. it, uh, yeah. everybody's good right now. Everybody's good. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I I grew up the same way. I, you know, I was always not on my own, but, you know, I was there, right. was there was times where I should have had more. But kids are resilient. And, uh, I, you know, you, you grow again, up. It doesn't it doesn't have you. If you change the middle, the end isn't the same. Right. So were there things with my my boys and my daughter and stuff that weren't the greatest? Sure. But today, I, I tell you, I can look at anybody right now, and and my relationship with my kids and grandkids, I wouldn't want it any other way. Right. You know, it, yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's it's all turned out, and they're they're great kids and a lot of fun, and, and uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have I'm it. Insane, but my my boys grew up, and they're they're growing up to be the men I I knew they would be. You know, right, 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 right. So back to dogs. Yeah, <laughs> that was too deep. Let's uh, get out of that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm saying I'm like Jerry Springer over my shoulder. So. <laughs> so. So yeah. Hit me with another one. What's that? Hit me with another one. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, tell me about Aria. How did Aria come about? Aria was the Irish setter. The Irish setter bitch. She was bred and owned by uh, Shelly. We butted heads a lot with it, with yeah, Aria yeah. and my dogs. And yeah, it's always yeah. fun to watch your career. So. Yeah. yeah, Aria, uh, she was bred and owned by Shelly DeChambeau uh, and uh, her mother. Yeah. I knew nothing about the bitch. Never seen her before in my life. And uh, I went to, uh, and I don't know if I had Kevin still. Not really sure what dogs I had, um, but went to ladies. Kennel Club out east, and uh, there was an Irish Setter specialty maybe on Friday before Saturday Sunday shows or whatever it was. Anyway, I got there and uh, um, setting up or whatever we were doing, and uh, I walked over to Irish Setters and I saw this bitch. Fifth, I think she was fifteen to eighteen or twelve to fifteen. I thought, Holy man, that's beautiful! And uh, I went and watched her every day. And on Sunday afternoon, before, excuse me, before I were setters, I went to Shelly. I said, what are you doing with her? Oh, we're going to keep her in my mom. I said, okay. And I said, I said, would you consider selling her? And she said, no, no, no. This is our, this is our bitch we're going to keep. I said, okay. And uh, it was kind of like the very first Gordon Setter thing. I'm thinking, I'm going to buy that one. <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to do this. But I also knew you ain't going to just take that one home and not show up anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> So I'll make a long story short, at the end of the weekend, we struck a deal, and I bought her, and uh, the rest was just, uh, she ended up being, uh, come to find out after I bought her, she had won two or three sweepstakes, and I believe, I know Kenny put her up, Wall, at a sweepstakes, maybe maybe it was at the National, I don't remember, but once I, I mean, I had her in my possession, and I, I found out that some people that I really respected in the breed had already done for her as a puppy and at a young age. And uh, I, oh, that made me feel good. And, yeah. uh, you know, the rest, I I, um, I got her and we, we showed her and she won, I don't know, she won close to 20 best in shows. I mean, no, no, yeah. she won, I think, maybe 30. I don't know. She yeah. was number two sporting dog one year behind Kelly Springer. Uh, and that's a good story. You remember, remember uh, was it Science Diet or Quaker Oats? It was top 10 Aubrey dinner. I think it was... Science Diet was top Science 10. Diet, right. Quaker Oats yeah. was just your groups. Yeah. Right. Science Diet. So I'm all excited because I'm number 10. So I'm going to get to go to Science Diet, right? <laughs> this is what, yeah, I don't remember what year it was. Anyway, I'll tell you what year it was. It was the first year they quit the dinner. <laughs> so, so all year, my, my, my condolences are, okay, you're not going to be number one sporting dog. Kelly Springer is number one. I think it was uh, James, maybe or some, I don't remember which Springer she had at the time. Yeah, um, it was James. I remember the time. But, but you're gonna you're gonna be number ten all breed. So you got, you get an award and you're gonna get to go to a dinner. And I'm already planning, you know, what we're gonna do. And sure enough, they didn't even have the dinner. <laughs> oh, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of kicking the that was kind of kicking the butt. But uh, <laughs> but she that bitch that I learned a lot with that bitch um, yeah. because uh, a guy from Ohio. Oh, Rottweiler veterinarian named Bob Wicks co-owned her with me. Um, Jeff Jeff was out of dogs uh, at the time and not doing too much anymore. And, and I hadn't met um, Victor yet, and uh, nobody else. Really, I, I really was green to the 
find someone to sponsor or promote or back whatever word you want to use a dog. So I just did it. Bob and I did it ourselves. You know, she had a limited amount of advertising, limited amount of travel, and she did really well. You yeah, know, she sure um, did. But but I learned a lot from that one. I learned a lot about uh, about competition and and showing at that level. And um, you know, I always tell people uh, as my career got along and and, and we were showing dogs and, and people would ask more questions. Obviously, the longer you're around, the more questions they ask you. And uh, they start winning and, and you try and give them advice or young people will ask you certain things. And, you know, you just, you want to say, you know, remember how it was, and this isn't, I don't mean this cynically, <laughs> you know, but when you have a dog that, that wins a lot in your breed, your breed people get a little snarky or a little, little uh, chippy, little right. edge. Then you go to the next level and you start winning groups and, being competitive at the group, but then you've got your breed people and all the other people in your group that aren't really super thrilled. Right. And then, then when you get to the best in showing nobody there really thrilled with you. So it, it's, um, it, it's, it's just something, it's not a bad thing. It's just human nature, you know, and, and, and you, but, but in order to be successful, you've got to learn that you've got to learn and not take it personal. There's, there's, there's times when people, and even everyone, myself included, if the right person says the wrong thing, it's a kick in the gut, you know, and uh, and it gets real personal. But you, you got to try and separate the personal from the from the business. And, and that's what Aria taught me a lot, because the, the, her second year, her first year uh, was good. I mean, she had two good years. But in the second year, it so happened that um, um, Jeff Arch came out with a windy bitch and he's in Pennsylvania. I mean, we yeah. competed in the breed every weekend, you know, and uh, she was uh, a lovely bitch, too. You know, it yeah, it was, it, they, they were very different. They were very different in style. Yeah. I mean, they're both. That's another thing. Style and type, I think, are totally two different things. In right. my opinion. You know, they are all they all have Irish setter type. They're all no this. No, no, no arguing. They're Irish setters. Right. But I think within within type, you can have styles. Of and it becomes family oriented too. Right, you know, right, really, right. So. I mean, and everybody that knows me and Irish setters know that that I'm not a big fan of super fancy, you know, all kinds of angles. And I appreciate them, but if I get to pick something that's more, more my style, it's going to be a little less extreme. You know what right. I mean? And uh, but the, the the competition with um, with Jeff and Wendy that that was fun. That, that brought brings one story to mind um, that, that that today, I don't know, there's so little communication between judges and exhibitors. And the communication that comes, if people, if people don't pay attention or want to think poorly, it's always, oh, they're pimping their dog or they're talking about this win or the show next you know, that 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 uh, that that's a real bug of mine. It really is, because the more, as you know, the more success you have. Anybody, the more success they have, the more naysayers sometimes there are. OK, and, and uh, just to throw a little plug in, I have started writing a little bit for Chronicle and wrote a safety article last month. And I, I've got some more articles in the in the hopper that I'm going to I'm going to do. And one of them is going to be. Um, titled, uh, um, I haven't really figured exactly how I'm going to do, 
but um, preference or favoritism. And I, and I think that that's, you know, um, that's really important in, in judging dogs and evaluating dogs, you know, just because I'm sitting here, oh, back to the full circle, whoosh, shiny object, communication, communication with, with talking to judges and stuff. I, I think that's a necessity. I think it's a necessity that exhibitors and judges need to have open lines of communication because I don't know. There's, there's all kinds of things I want to learn about other breeds and I don't know. And, and why wouldn't you want to talk about it? But you have this, per, you have this perception of, of if you're talking to the judge, you're telling something bad about that dog or you're trying to win here. And, and my point was that the more successful you are, the more people think that. Right. And, I, and I can't and tell the you the reason why you're so successful. It can't be because of talent or good dogs. Or, or good dogs. Right. Bad. Or, or honest, honest judging. Right. It, 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 it's, I can I can tell you and hand hand to God, ninety percent of conversations that I would have, whether it was during uh, Kevin's career or Oakley's career or Orca's career or any of these other dogs, the the, the giant Schnauzers, any of these dogs, nine times out of ten, when I'm talking to these people that I've known or you've known for twenty five years, you're talking about golf, you're talking about your kids, you're talking about your family, you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's just. Um, the taking it to a place of of favor, negativity or favoritism or anything like that, I don't. That's, I don't just. No. That doesn't mean things it's like that don't nature happen. To have people you like, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It means like I, I've, if you walked in the ring with someone and you had the exact same quality of a dog, and I preferred you over that person, it's human nature. Right. You want to win the ties, right? That's got, that's kind of how I was taught. From yep. people like Tommy or George, or you know, you, you can only hope to win the ties, you know. And and, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's yeah. hard. It's hard for people to understand that they think there's something going on. Well, it's not. Right. It's human nature. Right. 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 So yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go onward now. I want to know Oakley. Oakley Wirepoint. Yeah. Like how did Oakley come about? How did you and Oakley meet? How did you and Kelly meet? How did how did it all come together? Um, well, my perception, my memory is not super great. All the time. <laughs> um, I, um, um, I can tell you how it ended. <laughs> um, no, excuse me, but um, uh, obviously, I had my 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 um, experience with wire pointers with tie dye, and had met uh, just met. Uh, Kelly and Claire, uh, and and obviously being around Ohio, Helen George, right. the Rip Snorter lady. Obviously, she I saw her every weekend. Um, Tommy had shown some dogs for Helen, and then had shown some dogs that she had bred to some se- successful wire pointers. So um, anyway, uh, fast forward after uh, tie dye and uh, some other dogs. Um, Frank had the uh, the scout dog out. Yeah. Okay. And they're littermates. Scout and Oakley. I mean, a lot of people know, but some don't. I have, we're littermates. And uh, uh, they're both beautiful dogs. And uh, Oakley was um, was a much slower maturing dog. So Scout was ready to roll at a young age, you know. And and Frank took him and did great things with him. Um, but Oakley wasn't quite ready. And and I'd seen Oakley. 
uh, a couple of times Kelly had shown him out east and uh, just watching. Because I always had a, you know, there are certain breeds you go watch, whether you're in the mix or not. And uh, I watched him. And then when I really saw him, uh, Greg Strong had him for a weekend. And I'm not sure if it was many before that or after that, in uh, Cleveland at the Crown Classic there in December. And uh, I saw him and uh, I said to Kelly, I said, is that the dice? She said, yeah. And chatted a little bit. And he was ended up, he was going to Brazil uh, while Frank was showing the, the scout dog here in the U S Oakley was going to go to Brazil and uh, be shown by uh, Max because um, uh, Victor and Kelly, they were doing some Basenjis or somehow they were a little bit connected. Okay. And then, uh, he went to Brazil for a year. So fast forward, the year's up in Brazil. This is 2010, and that was the year of uh, uh, that we were campaigning Dodger and was top dog Aubrey, the smooth. And uh, um, so at the end of the year, there were some things going to go. Dog was going to go to Brazil, a smooth. That's how I met Victor, and we met Victor, and, and – uh, that particular dog fell through. Long story short, oh, uh, Dodger ends up going to Brazil. So that's what the connection with Victor ended up starting was through Dodger, not even the wire-haired pointer. So when – and I, I knew that uh, Oakley was down there and being shown by him with some of his handlers and stuff, but uh, I, nothing else was really in the mix. So at the end of Oakley in uh, Brazil, Claire, I don't – had. For that breed, it's like, I don't want to call it a specialty breed, but there's not very many people in the country that have shown wire pointers at that extent, at that number of shows that have the experience. You know what I mean? Oh, it, they're a special it'd breed. It'd be like me be trying honest. to go campaign a standard poodle. Hey, it ain't happening. They're a special breed. <laughs> well, you, you have know? to understand them. You have to, oh, they're, they can they're, be a, and they're they drastically, be... They're drastically different. Right. The majority of sporting dogs mentally, you know, they're lovely, they're wonderful, but they—they you have to understand them. Anyway, um, Claire called and said, "Hey, I'm bringing this dog back. You know, you meant this is the dog you saw in December in Chicago or in Cleveland, and, and I didn't have any dogs." I said, uh, "I said, yeah, great." And uh, he came, and he was a challenge. You know, he was. Uh, but, but in order to do what he did, you have to have that temperament. I mean, he was wide open, you know, never had a bad day, uh, you know, tough dog, um, not aggressive, but tough and yeah. uh, uh, very manageable. He was not, um, you know, very, very manageable temperament. Um, and uh, we started playing around a little bit with him and uh, he was doing pretty good. And I thought, you know, this dog and, and, as you've done, I'm sure, and everybody else that, that does it, you, you kind of look and see what's happening the next year. You know, who's got what, what's coming out, what's going on in your group or in your breed, you know? And uh, and uh, I, I told Claire, I said, you know, at the end of 2011, going into I said, he, he you know, we've he could be okay. We, we might have a, if you want to take a run at this. And she said, okay, so go to December and... Uh, in uh, Orlando, Victor comes in. Um, I think they were bringing Dodger back. 
it was the end of 2011, and uh, he uh, he wanted to talk about Oakland, and uh, so we sat down at the the Peabody. Not is it the Peabody used to be where the ducks walk through the hallway of the hotel there in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we were sitting there and had a couple of cocktails, and uh, he said, uh, "I'll never forget." It. He said, "Well, what do you think?" And I said, "Well." I said, I'm not big on predictions. I said, I don't want to overstate what I think. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think he's got it. I mean, I think he could he could do it. And uh, I said, What do you want? And he said, Well, I want to do something nobody else has done with the breed. I love the breed. And he had had wire hair pointers in Brazil and, and yeah. uh, you know, he had wire hair pointers with uh, I think in Canada with Milton. And yeah. so he, he was big into the breed. He like he loved the breed. And he said, Well, I wanna I wanna do something that nobody's done with one. I said, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I have never, I'd never shown dogs for him before. Okay. We had done the smooth thing a little bit. He had co-bred some stuff with, with Amy and, uh, but I've never shown a dog for him at this point. And, uh, I said, okay. So he said, uh, let me know what you want to do. So I started doing my thing and, and, uh, the rest is just kind of history, but no, I, I, I have to, I, I, there, there's dogs before Oakley that um, and and clients and and situations that put me in a position to do that. Um, there, there, you know, um, I showed a giant schnauzer named Tempo for Robin Greenslade. That um, that was a great experience um, and a great learning experience um, because I had never pursued a dog ever in my life. And this is a funny story. Um, I never pursued a dog in my life. And I was on the Florida circuit when um, the Florida circuit still moved. And you moved from, you know, what it started, Jekyll Island in Georgia was the first one. Then you moved to Lakeland. And all <laughs> yeah. that. Anyway, it was the Sarasota set couple shows or one where, uh, you know, all the, the, the Barnum and Bailey, the circus animals are next door. Remember all that? <laughs> anyway, and I'd been, I love giant schnauzers. They caught my eye somewhere. And I've been watching giants. And there was this lady who ended up being Robin, had this beautiful bitch. And, and uh, I had kind of put it all together because I like to do my homework. And I knew that it was the same lady that owned the, the giant 60 minutes that Kimmy Pastella had shown. And but Kimmy was showing boxers for the Truesdales then, so I, there wasn't a whole lot of um, probably room for uh, giant schnauzers. And, and Robin showed her own dogs a lot, you know. That's a whole other story. Um, but she was getting beat. This beautiful bitch getting beat. And uh, so she was parked by me where she had to walk past me. So one day I had to go, and she showed me an opposite ribbon or something. I said, well, maybe next time we introduced ourselves and named and uh, fast forward one day at one of the other shows on that circuit, I said, lady, she walked by and she showed me opposite ribbon. I said, lady, and I had never done anything of this in my life. People won't believe it, but it's true. I said, lady, when you get tired of losing with that one, you let me know. <laughs> and she spun around and kind of let, if you know Robin, that was the perfect thing to say to her because she's, she's, she's funny. She's quick witted. She's uh, uh, passionate about her dogs and, and very intelligent about the breed. And that's uh, funny. Yeah. And she, I said, lady, when you get tired of it, you let me know. And literally a couple of shows later, I'm my, my truck 
And she said, were you serious? I said, yeah, sure. And she said, well, I've got to talk, I'm going to talk to my husband and maybe we'll send her out. She said, are you doing Raleigh? And I said, yeah. And I said, I got two shows between weekends between um, um, here in Florida and Raleigh up north. I said, she said okay. So, you, so she said, you'd want to take her home. I said, yeah, I'd take her home and then we'll meet back in Raleigh and evaluate where we're at. It gives me like three weekends with her or something. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, we did that. I took her home. Tempo was her name. Lovely bitch. Fun, fun bitch. Ended up being the mother of Dora, the one that, uh, the giant bitch that Amy showed that was number two working dog behind Matisse that year. Yeah. Great dog. Wow. Anyway, that was the mother of that bitch. So I take it home and uh, go to some local shows. She wins the breeds, places a third maybe or something. You know, just figuring it out. Get to Raleigh and, uh, Robin comes to watch. She wins the breed, and I will go third in the group the first day or something. And things are going well, I think. Well, Robin and Ken come, and and, and Robin's, well, I'm going to take her for the night. I said, oh, okay. You know, okay. So I'm walking around Raleigh or something, and I look, and here she is over by somebody's group, and there is a pile of hair on the floor underneath the table of this bitch, <laughs> just like a garbage bag full. And she brings her back the next day, and I said, oh, a little hair off. She goes, yeah, now, now she looks at not another ribbon, not another breed the rest of the weekend. <laughs> she started laughing. And in the end, she said, just take her home and show her. So that was, <laughs> that, was, that was how that started. And then that she had at that point had never won a national specialty with a giant. And um, I had never won a national with any breed. And we got to uh, Hershey, I think it's Hershey, Pennsylvania, that hotel where some nationals are or somewhere anyway for giants. And, uh, we were running, we were in the mix all the way down to the end and uh, ended up winning the breed. Um, uh, that was the same time that Taffy had Spirit out. Mm -hmm. So that was quite the favorite, but uh, we ended up winning the breed. So her first national and my first national win were the same one. I was on a giant schnauzer. So, but my point is that experience and lessons learned with, with clients and how to deal along with, um, uh, Back to the Marie Zink, the Dalmatians. Uh, she co-bred dogs with John Bechi, Um, and uh, I ended up showing um, Dalmatians for them. And those experience experiences and, and dealing with the people and the campaigns, all that led. And then obviously Dodger um, was a huge, huge learning experience um, about campaigning dogs and showing dogs. Uh, that's what led up to Oakley and and. Uh, and Victor and I said, okay, well, here we go. So yeah. it took off that way. But I, I, I was very fortunate. I guess my point I'm trying to make is I was very fortunate to have the clients like we all do that that get it and, and that are supportive. And, and you know, if you have a bad day, they're, they're behind you, not micromanaging or, oh, my God, you got, you know, three best and you only won three of the four best in shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What well, happened? The fourth one. Well, they didn't point anything. <laughs> what happened? But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I'm, I'm very, very grateful to all those people and clients, but, uh, Oakley was one in a million. And then, you, then along comes Orca, you know, and right. we all see Orca on the national stage. Then yeah. yeah. Who knew that, that I was going to end up, you know, showing the dog here in the U S and ends up winning Crufts, but that yep. was, that was quite an honor. And, uh, she's, uh, th there's one thing about when you, and I, I think you would agree. There's one thing in common 
with all these dogs, um, they all just are a little bit different. They what? They're all just a little bit different. Yeah. They're all just, I mean, I don't mean from dog to dog, but for even for their breed, they all have something that, that makes, that makes them, them stand out. Right. Yeah. Or, or even makes them who they are. You know, yeah. um, uh, I knew Jack about Legatos. I mean, they came to this country in 2015. They're a lovely breed. I end up, I was looking for one for Victor. He had a dog in, in Brazil, Bruno, that that only had a two-generation pedigree right from Italy. So we couldn't, when they came recognized here, we couldn't register that dog here. He, he, it was, he wasn't even, his pedigree right. wasn't enough, right? So, so he wanted a legato. So, I mean, that's like trying to find a needle in the haystack when they, I mean, it's literally 2015. They're not even literally recognized yet. It starts in January or whatever day it was, you know, before the guard, January. And I'm trying to find, so I'm talking to people and I end up seeing a dog in Australia and finding the breeder of that dog, the Ken Trace Kennel and just calling. And, you know, it's ironic because Sabina and I have been friends ever since, you know, I brought a dog into this country. Orlando was the first one, a white dog. He did well, you know, but it was a little ahead of its time for the breed and for that, as we say, style of dog. It just it didn't really fit in. It wasn't time. But that relationship, I mean, that started something that even when I took a little year off from showing back in 2019, um, that, that we're friends and we've bred and we talk we talk a lot. <laughs> we have a great relationship. And and I, I'm I'm a part of that whole kennel situation now at Can Trace, and I'm very proud of that. She's uh she's got some beautiful dogs. And when Orca was born, I uh in the litter, I said, who's that one right there? She goes, well, that's a bitch that we're going to, I'm probably going to keep. I said, that's a really beautiful bitch. And that's when the, that relationship with that bitch started, even before she'd ever stepped in the ring, you know, and she had a lovely career in Europe before she even came here. Then, you know, we had COVID. Yes. So, um, didn't she win the uh, group of crust before she came here? When second. Oh, second. Okay. But second we all noticed her. We all talked about yeah, her. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Before she came here. And then, you know, th- there was a there was a up up about her coming here and who was gonna get her and where she was going. And, you know, because she obviously she was a very quality animal and people yeah. but, but nobody really knew the backstory about me and Sabina and that bitch. You know, so it was I, I was very very grateful and fortunate to have had her. And uh and uh she got here during COVID. And, uh, you know, we talked to Victor and, and everybody didn't know what was going to happen with, with COVID and, and everything else. So I actually got her here without an owner Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, cause she needed to be finished and, you know, all that stuff. So I figured, well, you know, if shows open up and, and, th- and I get her finished and, and Victor was interested, he, he, he was going to do it if I, if we wanted to, and it all worked out, it worked out great. Um, she, uh, she had a wonderful career here and yeah. then, you know, went on to, to do that there. And, but, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, very, um, I look at it now as retired as much as the dogs. I look at the people that were in my life, you know, or, or I met through dogs or the relationships. And, and I think a lot of the things that you learn, um, stay with you even past dogs oh, you know no question phil yeah. you know even past dogs but uh some of my who would think that 
the sport of dog would put people from all areas of life through, you know, but, uh, no, they've done, they've good, good story about uh, back up just a little bit. Good story about Oak and Victor, one of my favorites. Cause this, 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 uh, <laughs> this, this puts out a little bit about me. So we, we, we're in, we're in New York. Okay. Oakley was number one dog all breed. He, uh, was doing great. We had won. We had won the group at the Garden. I mean, just beautiful. And we weren't sure what was going to happen with him um, before the Garden, even win, lose, or whatever um, in that that year. But we went down to Florida. He won several best in shows, so he's up to like eighty best in shows at the time after the Garden. And uh, we're, we're having breakfast on Wednesday morning. And Victor said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I said, you know, I, said, I think we can get our 100. I said, the Nationals in October, you know, let let me pick and choose where to go between, and this is February, between February and October. And, and as you know, that's not uncommon for dogs to show through their National a little bit, trying to get my 100. And uh, he said, he said, okay. He said, uh, are you going to keep uh, approaching the campaign like you did last year? And I said, well hadn't really thought about it. I, I didn't think so. I think I'd just pick shows that might look, you know, decent for him without getting too crazy. We don't need to travel all over. And he says, well, he said, you know, I, he said, I didn't, uh, I didn't mind the way we did it last year. He said, that was fun. I mean, and it was, it was costly. And I, I couldn't really figure out what he was getting at, you know? And, uh, and I said, oh, you mean, and I, what I would do, it, it, I would give options every, every, every three months I would put the proposal together. Okay, here's what I'd like to do with the dog, and this is what you know it's going to require. Here's a second option, and what it's going to because he always wanted to know what was going on, and we always said you know it's just fiscally responsible in a business. You know what are we getting into? What what what's going on? And then the third way would be well if it just stayed with the truck, and I just went everywhere. You know here's what I thought would be realistic goals or expectations. Well, he never didn't do option A ever in the dog's career. And, uh, and I thought, oh, that's great, you know, but I never really thought it through. And I never knew this this fact coming up. He said, well, I, he said, that's fine. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. He said, we'll, we'll do it to the national, hopefully get our 100, blah, blah. He said, but I, I you need to know something. Okay, what? Well, you know, he said, uh, you never, I, he said, how do you put it? He said, you never asked for anything special or any special go alone travel or do it. And not give me at least one best in show. And I tell you what, Will, I was sitting at breakfast at that hotel, whatever that thing is now. It was the the, the steward down there in that little restaurant. And I got all freaked out. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. Have I known that he was paying attention to results and schedules and travel that closely, I'd have been scared to death walking in the ring every time. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, but it was impressive. It was impressive that sure. you care enough about because there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't even, you know. But he said, You never, you never ask to do anything special and not give me at least one, give us at least one best in show mm-hmm. that weekend. Okay. Good thing I didn't think about that, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. But yeah, they, they're there's so many. I mean, we talk about stories and 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 just talking with you brings up thoughts of each dog and some funny story or or some 
you know, some of them not really appropriate, but they're just funny, you know, and and people don't know, like the judge thing, you know, let's back up real quick to one of my favorite stories. And it's not, it's not disparaging about dogs. It's just human nature and people and well-respected people. I was at um, the Invitational Weekend. We were still in Long Beach. Irish Setters. I, there was I, Arias last year, and, and uh, um, Jeff was there with Wendy. First day, th- this is one of my favorite dog show stories of all time. First day, Jim, Mr. Reynolds did the breed in the group. Jeff won the breed. Jeff won the group. Okay, cool, great. You know what I mean? Was I bummed? Sure. We all want to win. You don't enter to lose, right? We don't, nobody enters to lose. So the next day, Mrs. Billings does the breed in the group. I win the breed. I win the group. So we're walking up, Mrs. Billings and I and the other sporting dog players are walking over to the picture podium. And Mr. Reynolds had done the previous group or some was at the photo stand. And, you know, Michelle and Jim were, very, very good friends, as we all know, and and well res- respected each other immensely, right? And uh, we're, we're walking back, and we're walking toward, and he's one back, and you know how people, I don't know if a lot of people, how quick-witted both of them were, very quick and very funny. And uh, Mr. Reynolds says, oh, I see you put the other bitch up today. And, <laughs> and Michelle says, yes, Mr. Reynolds, I did. And they're kind of slowly talking about he said, well, that bitch is uh, so, what he said, such a lovely on the go. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm messing up. She said that that bitch, my, my bitch, such a beautiful, beautiful head. And it's true. That Wendy bitch had a gorgeous head. He said that bitch yesterday, yesterday had a beautiful head. <laughs> and Michelle not missing a beat says, yes, Mr. Reynolds, she has a lovely head. But from the ears back, there's no competition. <laughs> I mean, it's just them talking. You know, you couldn't say that to the owners no, or the breeders, or people would freak out. You know, even to this day, Jeff and I laugh about shit like that. But it, but it, it, it's just so funny that they were, but see, they were judging dogs with positive attributes and explaining why they did what they did. Right. Maybe yeah. it was with humor or something, but, but, but that, that's my point of what's missing, you know, in, in, in dogs. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know. There, there's Those just lots, stories. lots of stories, lots of stories, yeah. stories. But uh, so back to the latest, what's that? Back to the latest thing with, with, with Orca. Um, that, that was fun. That, that bitch is a lot of fun. And, and, uh, and uh, the relationships and the, and I have a bitch here now, two bitches, one I bred. That's lovely little puppy and another one. Um, can't trace dogs that uh, we bred. That you know, I'm, I'm going to show some of my own dogs. You know, Heidi has her Labradors. We've shown a couple of those, and so I'm not completely gone from the ring. Yeah, well, that'll be fine. You and you're you're thinking about judging, so right. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, you'll That's like fun. it. I, I enjoy it immensely. So, yeah. yeah, I'm sure you'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a last question for you though, Philip. You were to meet the twenty-year-old Phil Booth. Any advice you give him today? <laughs> uh, buy a cat. 
great. <laughs> Seriously. That was pretty good timing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I would give some advice that, that Tom gave me. And it, it sounds silly. And it sounds um, oversimplified. But if you do it, 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 it's it's great advice. And he said to me, "Just shut up and show your dog." Yeah, no, it's true. You know what I mean? I, and I don't. You don't mean that in a negative, no, no, addictive well, way. It, it, it's just you. You how you look at the sport or how you perceive things can either allow you to enjoy it and move forward and be successful, or it can put you in a place of negative worry frustration you know what i mean does that, that make any sense at all well there's no question does phil i understand that completely and it is kind of just let the process play out itself yeah uh, and and and, and you, know, you know there was two things that 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 him and andrea told me that that i i to this day really listen and really remember and that's one tom said shut up and show your dog because he he did that i was asking questions and mm-hmm. and stuff that was maybe relevant but not really relevant just show yeah. your dog Overthinking trim your dog. Yeah, trim your dog. Youngsters, so. Right. Trim your dog better. Condition it better. Do your best. If you're doing your best, then show your dog. Just shut up and show your dog. Yeah. And then and then something that Andrea said, and you knew Andrea well enough to know, um, a little bit snarky. <laughs> a little bit of opinion. But she said, and and this sounds horrible, but it's not when I explain it. She said, there's only two reasons you lose. Better dog or better connection, and the the first thing when you think about that, well, that's crooked. Yeah, yeah, right. That's a, you're, you're thinking about that's crooked way the connection part, but see, it doesn't have to be. Okay, first of all, the better dog comment. You may put up a dog differently than I would put up because you think it's the better dog. Not be like we talked about being subjective, and neither one of us is wrong. In your mind, in the judge's mind, it's genuinely the better dog. Right. We don't have to agree with them. And the connection part, that goes to something that will probably be in my article about preference or favoritism, is the connection part could entail, okay, did you show your Irish setters, present them exactly the same way to every judge? No. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you, you there were certain judges that wanted them a certain way right, that you exactly. knew that you knew would prioritize a, a certain aspect of the dog over another. That that's that's kind of the connection part. If you, it's it's knowing what you're doing, really. Right, right, and, and who your audience is, who your judges. That can be defined as the connection part. But people want to to so quickly think connections crooked or a negative that that it just. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't play out. So yeah, no. the twenty year old Phil Booth would hear from me, um, just shut up and show your dog, and and uh, and I guess be grateful, be thankful that you're doing something, making a living that you enjoy doing. You know, and don't take that for granted because there's not a lot of people that that have the opportunity to do that. And it's uh, very true. I used to wake up every morning and say, I. I I get paid for doing this, you know? Right, right, right. And you wake up and you go to sleep every night explaining to somebody you're not famous at the mall, right? That's what you, <laughs> that's what, 
one of my favorite Will Alexander lines. <laughs> That's for another day. <laughs> yeah. well, great. Well, I hope we've had. A, I, I think we've had a fun talk. Yeah, you know? that was great, Philip. I enjoyed I, uh, it. But but this could I could talk for hours because there's 500 other stories or well, we can or do a part two. Phil, part two. <laughs> right. And breeds and dogs and, yep. you know, um, but uh, I'm looking forward to the next chapter. You know, I uh, I'm looking forward to judging. I think that'll be enjoyable. Like you say, you enjoy it. I can't imagine I wouldn't. Um, and I think it's it's we have a responsibility to try and do things for the sport to say, give back. That's a general term, but I think there's areas that maybe some people can, um, can try and not turn the tide, but try and direct the, the, the sport and, and in a little different direct in a little better, Uh, more positive way. I had this conversation with a handler one time, very famous handler, very well, they've done amazing things and we were talking about judging and they were saying that they wish the judges were more educated in certain areas you know and i said the problem is it's our turn it's our turn like we've been through the trenches like the judges before us it's our turn it's our turn to to step in the ring and and do the best we can of what we've learned over the last 40 years right and it's not it's not it's not confrontational or judgmental to discuss dogs. No. Why does no. it have to be? What, That's what? how we learn. When yeah. I started or when back, I can remember that, that the newer judges, when you'd watch groups or something, you'd have people sitting there, the, the Janies and Bobs and Michelles and Frank Sabellas and, and all the other ones that I'm forgetting that were, were just icons and or experienced in certain areas, you know, like, like Frank, for example sitting there with somebody and say, well, who did poodles today? Right. And you know the person, I did. Which is no disrespect, but it was somebody new, a newer right. person. But that person would would just suck up like a sponge anything that, that Frank wanted to say about poodles. You know what I mean? And today, I, I just, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe it's different. I don't see that. I don't well, see. Do you remember the days where we'd look at a premium list and say, "Oh, this is Clark's judging in four months." Well, you upped your game for that right. day. Right. You, know, you you aimed right. for that day, <laughs> right? And you have. I've got this young puppy. I want her to see. Right. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And and but people don't do that. It, it, it's so easy. It, it's so easy to to look at the 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 negative side of all this stuff. And I mean, we all get caught up in it. Oh, you know, sure. we all get caught up in it. But it's uh. I, I truly believe that the communication between exhibitors, judges, judges and judges, you know, instead of being so defensive, so, so defensive. Well, everybody's so easily offended nowadays, Philip. You can't say a word to them. So, Right. That that one last thing. Gare Pedersen <laughs> you know, says a conversation way back over a certain topic that he got a lot of flack for. But anyway... He said, he said, you know, remember this. He said, here's how I approach my judge. And we were, talk, we're, we're talking about discussing dogs and after a judge judges, et cetera. He said, if an exhibitor comes to me respectfully and open-minded and non-confrontational, I will talk about what I've done right. all day long. 
and conversation, said, not a confrontation, uh, I guess. Right. And he said, that's how it should be. He said, but from the other side, from the judge's side, he said, if that exhibitor goes to a judge with respect and and calm and, you know, in a, in a not obedient, but in a respectful, pleasant manner to just ask questions, the only reason the judge, is, the judge won't talk is if they don't have an answer. Right. And you, you think about that, right? Why would you, why would, if you had an answer, breed specific answer or reason, why would you not discuss your decisions? You can, you never stop learning. You know, why would you not try and explain to somebody why you put their dog second behind the other one? You know, if they say, if they approach it in a proper manner, that communication, I think is, is very valuable and missing no, a lot. No question is uh, growing up, both you and I know that that's just the way it was. Right. I remember, I remember going group two behind and under Mrs. Clark one time, and I asked her why, and what she told me was valid, and I took it. You know, right, yeah. right. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, and and I think that that's that has to start happening again. And I think that there's certain aspects of of judging and and, and decision making that that um, that becomes comfortable, or just the answer du jour, you know. And maybe I'll think differently when I start judging. I'm not, you know, you never say never. No, but, no. But from from my but, perspective on a lot of stuff, I um, I, I know I, I well, I just have to see how I prioritize. You know, well, we're all human, and it's, and again, like like uh, you said earlier, it's all about the approach. If right. someone comes in in a very aggressive manner, yeah, what are you going to do? You know, right. we're human. You know, right? Oh, yeah, right, right. I agree. I I would I would definitely agree. So anyway, that was great, Phil. I appreciated that time. Thanks for having me uh, anytime. And uh, good luck with your judging and all the stuff you're doing. You know, I'm sure we're going to cross paths somewhere. You're not that far from me now. You know? I know, really, right across the lake. And I think I might be going to get a hold of you to move some dogs throughout the country or the world. Hey, for me. I saw your ad. I saw your ad. <laughs> <laughs> so your advertising dollars are working. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot. Hope it was all good. right, man. <laughs> good to see you. Thanks, Phil. That was great. I knew it would be because you always have great stories and you have a story for everything. So it was great. Great interview. Um, if you like what you're seeing here, make sure you press the like, share, and subscribe button. You want to get a hold of me or, or, or find out what's happening in Will's world, go to Will Alexander's Dog Show Tips. And don't forget about the podcast every Thursday, the Dog Show Drive with Wayne Kavanaugh and myself. Talk to you soon. <laughs>